This is a messianic study of the book of Romans. It's given in a midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your messianic study of the scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. Chapter 2, verse 12. Verse 12. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and those who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. Which follows on what we just said. It's works. Okay? Everybody with me so far? That's what the Jews would call mitzvot. Okay? And notice that he says, again, in another way, that the standards are immutable. God has got one set of standards. He's got standards for the Jew, and he's got standards for the Gentile, and they are the same standard. And Paul will talk later on about, well, if they're the same standard, what's the benefit of being a Jew? And the answer to that is Gentiles go through their lives not knowing the rules. And so if they happen to stumble into righteous behavior and are rewarded for it, wonderful. If not, too bad. The Jews, on the other hand, have been given the rules. So they have a tremendous advantage because they can choose to follow the rules or they can choose to obey, disobey. But it's a choice they make as opposed to stumbling through life blindly, hoping that at the end of the day you come up with something worthwhile. You understand what I'm saying? So the benefit to the Jews is that God gave them the playbook. Okay? Gentiles are judged by the same standards, but they don't have the playbook. And that's a big advantage. And Paul will talk about that uh, later on uh, in chapter 2 and 3. Yeah, uh, 14. Um, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law unto themselves even though they have, do not have the law. In other words, when a Gentile stumbles by nature into righteous behavior, he will be justified. Okay? Even though they don't have the Torah. Yeah? Is that Sunday Christians? Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't... It isn't saying here it's, it's any Gentile in this case. You know, uh, the Jews divide the world into two parts, Jews and everybody else. Uh, so we'll get, we'll get to salvation and justification later on when we get down to chapter 3. And, and then we'll start going into Christian theology. But what I want to do is nail for you that Paul here is not inventing something new. This is Torah 101. Okay, this is you will be judged based on what you do. You will be rewarded or punished based on what you do. 
Okay? And, and as I say, I'm, I'm not interpreting here. This is just Paul's straight out plain words. Verse 15. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness. And their conflicting thoughts accuse them even accuse even them on that day when according to my gospel God judges the secrets of men by Messiah Yeshua. Okay, so at the end of the day, everybody's going to be judged by the Messiah. And he was talking, remember back up in Romans 1, where he was talking about people who should know God because God can be known by his works. In other words, you look at the creation and the only conclusion that you can come to is there is a creator. Okay? And if you know that much and you give glory to that creator, what will happen is that that creator will sort of keep you on the right path. If, however, you know that there's a creator, and everybody does, but you deny him, you then become darkened in your heart and you start going on a downhill slide and you wind up where much of secular America is today. Okay? Approving things that are an abomination and calling them good. That's sort of the last step in a long chain. So again, Gentiles here are... They get help if they acknowledge the Creator. Am I saying that so it made sense? Uh, the Jews, however, have the written Torah and they know what the rules are, which is, as I said, a tremendous advantage. But at the end, everybody gets judged by Yeshua. 17. But if you call yourself a Jew, ah, all right, now our target has shifted here. Maybe. Remember I said that chapter 1 was third person plural. Up until now, in chapter 2, it's been second person singular. Now it's gotten more specific. If you call yourself a Jew. Okay? So he's now, he may have been aiming at Jews before this, but he is definitely aiming at them now, at Jews within the synagogue. Right? But if you call yourself a Jew, and rely on the law, and boast in God, and know his will, and approve of what is excellent, because you are instructed in the, from the law, and if you are sure that you yourselves self are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in the darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? So what he's talking about here is people who are schooled in the law and regard themselves as mature as walking in Torah. Okay, we're beyond Torah 101. We are walking according to the ways of God and we are qualified to teach. And we are qualified to be a guide. So he's talking now to people who know the Torah. And he's saying, when you do all that stuff, are you yourself then failing to walk in it? Okay? And we go back to the little thing I did earlier about your justifier. Again, I don't know about you, but I have been in positions of authority at various times in my life. And that my tendency when I get up into a position of authority is, well, the rules don't really apply to me. Now, the rules apply to all those other people, but I'm above that now. Okay? I've been there, done that. That is not God's way. 
God's way is the higher you get and the more you know, the more you are held accountable. Okay? And what Paul is describing here is somebody like I, I hope used to be, who having gotten into God's inner circle, if you will, learned all the Torah, learned everything, yeah, I got this stuff. Now I can tell you all how to do this, but doesn't think the rules apply to him. Okay, that's who he's talking to now. 21. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For it is, as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. All right, what's going on here? That's a quote out of uh, Ezekiel. I know I had it written down, I just can't find it. Oh, Ezekiel 36.20. There we go. Can't read my own notes. Um, what God is talking about in Ezekiel, and you can go there and look at it if you like, um, is he is about to throw his people out of the land, or already has. And what he's saying to them is because of your behavior, the land vomited you out. And because the land vomited you out and you got thrown into the Gentile nations, you have dishonored me. Because what the Gentiles are going to say is, he was their God and he could not keep them in line. Okay? So the, 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 the canard, if you will, that's going to happen among the Gentiles because Jews are among them in exile is what kind of a God is that that couldn't even keep his own people in line? Okay? And so that's what Paul is referring to here in Romans. And what he's saying is, if you are walking around claiming to be a Torah-heavy hitter, and you are not living a life that bespeaks the fruit of walking in Torah, then you're dishonoring God. And then he, as I say, he goes back to this Ezekiel passage where he says the whole nation winds up dishonoring God because I had to send them into exile. Verse 25. For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So that if a man who is uncircumcised keep the, keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law shall condemn you who have, written, who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart. By the spirit, not by the letter, his praise is not from man, but from God. So what he's saying is, you guys are counting on being God's chosen people as giving you some kind of special clout when it comes to your behavior. And what Paul is saying is, no. If a Gentile who does not know the law keeps the precepts of the law, then God will look upon him as if circumcised. And if you who are circumcised and are of the descendants of Abraham do not keep the law, 
God will look upon you as a Gentile. In other words, God's standards are absolute. There is only one standard. Being a Gentile is perhaps too strong a word, but okay. uncircumcised is the word Paul uses, so we'll use that. Yeah, you, you, you've said about three different things there. Um, let, me, let me untangle it. First off, Paul explicitly states in his letter that he goes to the Jews first. He says it in Romans. That was his practice. Every time he went to a new town, he went to the synagogue first and he preached the gospel in the synagogue. So he is doing exactly what Yeshua said. I am going to the Jew first. And you have Jews in the synagogue who we would regard as lost sheep. They've been scattered. Okay? So going after the lost sheep of Israel would certainly fall under that mission. What I think you're saying is there are also remnants of the seed of Abraham who are not Jews, who are scattered among the nations. And as Paul expands his ministry and starts talking to who are those who are nominally Gentiles, he is probably also catching some of the lost or, or rounding up some of the lost sheep of the northern tribes. I, I would agree with that. But then there are also people who are Gentile Gentiles, not descendants of Abraham in any way. And those people, upon acceptance of Yeshua as master can be grafted into Israel. Because, as we say, there's, there, are, there are no covenants with anybody except Israel, except Noah, which is with all humanity. But all of the covenants after Noah are with Israel. There are no covenants with Gentiles out there. So if you want to partake of God's covenants, you've got to join Israel. That, by the way, does not mean go to a synagogue and become a rabbinic Jew. 